We, we didn't know exactly which project uh, out of these six was going to take off first and highest, but we knew they were they were equally they were equally attractive opportunities. So I actually almost shifted the 37 people across these six products. I gave them a, like, let's say a second chance. Let's do something else. You're listening to episode 25 of the Business in Morocco podcast. Today we've got part two of our interview with Bashir Benslaman, the founder of SOS Credit Emo. In today's episode, I'll ask Bashir about how he decided to focus on SOS Credit Emo out of the six businesses he started after Marshmallow Digital. We will also talk about his experience raising money from investors, the current state of his business, and life as an entrepreneur in Morocco. All right, let's get started. So there were six projects. One of them was, uh, it was called SOS Travel. So basically what it is, is uh, is a platform of intermediation of brokerage in uh, everything construction related. All right. So you get on our website and you express the need to redo your pool or rebuild your house or build a new house or renovate your your flat or uh, build a new floor, whatever it is you want to do. What we do is that, number one, we get you different quotes from uh, qualified contractors, partners of ours. Okay, so you can actually uh, get the best quote. So we save you a lot of time, just exactly what we're doing right now with the banks. And then number two, <coughs> we provide, let's say, almost like a supervisory role. So a trust, uh, a trusted uh, uh, intermediary, just like Airbnb, let's say. So we've actually verified certain things about this uh, potential contractor or contractors. And uh, you can make your choice and you can be like reassured that he's actually going to uh, meet your expectations within deadlines and everything. And we started actually doing some, uh, some construction work for like several people across the, uh, through these partners. And so it started going, but I analyzed like the business overall in terms of like advertising ROI and then like long-term potential and pitfalls and disadvantages and hurdles and obstacles and whatnot. So, okay, so that was the one of the six. Then the second one was an education portal. So like education portals abroad, there, the, you can find any type of course or any type of degree, uh, like higher education. You can find absolutely anything under the sun. And it does not necessarily have to be a degree. It's also, it could be like a continuing education, whatever. So that was the second business. So we were exploring that as well. And we put it together, put it online. And we were also exploring like uh, the profitability metrics. And like, I was like, uh, supervising it closely along with uh, another partner and when you say we you're talking about yourself and some of the, yeah. the team members and exactly. employees from from exactly. marshmallow Digital. exactly okay. exactly exactly and then the third business was uh, uh, I consider them almost the same business so it was auto neuf and auto reprise so basically uh, auto reprise uh, and auto neuf so auto neuf is we actually get our hands on unsold inventory of cars but of last year's models that are sitting somewhere uh, in some warehouse because the the dealer that has the the sales 
agreements with the, the holding company abroad is not allowed to leave them in the showroom. So if you go to BMW or let's say Range Rover or Jaguar, they're not allowed to display in the showroom last year's model. So the, if they have any stock from last year, they definitely are encouraged to store it in a warehouse. So it's new cars. It's new cars. But they've passed a year old yes. without being purchased. Exactly. And new models have arrived and they cannot actually put the, the 2017 model next to the 2018 and the 2019 model. This is a huge business abroad. Uh, Autoneuf was uh, basically be offering the opportunity to people to actually buy last year's model at 50% discount pretty much. Wow, and yeah. how did that work? Uh, so we actually launched this with another one, with another website called, uh, it's a buyback websites of cars. So basically what we do is uh, you come in, you, you say, all right, I have a Renault uh, year model, etc., and we have a database that we're linked to, and we're able to provide you with an offer straight away, but with a discount, obviously. So you could actually sell it for 100,000 these, let's say. But we'll buy it for you, let's say, at uh, 80,000 these. But we'll buy it for you at the same day, provided it goes through an inspection in one of these inspection uh, centers. And then what we do is put the car in an, like, uh, let's say, uh, run it through dealers that would also bid on the cars and if we and we can make a discount in the same day we can actually buy it back from you but before we actually pay you pay you as it's going through inspection we already have an offer from one of the dealers that are, that's our partners and then we make a cut on it so that's so you're the intermediary between yeah. the buyer and the seller exactly you're making the deal happen exactly and taking a percentage exactly. of the sale but if the dealer doesn't end up buying it we buy it anyway except Obviously, we're trying to promote it as quickly as possible so that we actually uh, don't run the risk of actually buying it and keeping it in stock for so long. So this was another business that we were in the evaluation uh, phase of it, phase in the business life where you're actually building the portal, launching like small campaigns online, seeing how many people actually submit their cars to, to, for you to buy them, how much does it cost you for every lead, uh, okay, uh, is this system working, what not? And we, this was the third product that was launched at the same time as everything else. Right. So very quickly, over a few months of these projects being launched, I saw that the online mortgage brokerage business was like taking off, like uh, there is no tomorrow. So, so what exactly separated SOS Credit Emo, mm -hmm. what separated it from the rest of your ideas that made you focus on that one? The other ideas had a lot of potential, but I was limited in resources and funding. So I was limited in not only funding, but also people. I did not have the financing to be able to support all of these businesses at once. And I already found like the most attractive opportunities. So the, basically, I saw huge potential in being one of the first let's say online fintech companies right now uh, with the introduction of this online mortgage brokerage business model which did not exist at the time I saw continuity I saw like things that we could launch straight away after we could do like online mortgages today that we could do uh, like Sharia compliance finance and then we can do 
we can actually do insurance and we can do Sharia compliance insurance and that we can do savings and investment accounts. And there was like, you know, so many opportunities that were not yet explored. So I saw that we could actually, uh, this was a business where we can put barriers to entry to future competitors extremely quickly. Whereas the other businesses, they could easily be du duplicated. All right, so, so it's travel can easily be duplicated. Uh, Formation Francentron could have been easily duplicated. This auto reprise and auto neuf will definitely be duplicated. <laughs> Somebody is going to take off with this idea like very soon, that's for sure. I mean, uh, a lot of a lot of people are exploring uh, business opportunities in the in the digital landscape of Morocco today because they are like the opportunities are like limitless, and the auto industry is extremely attractive. But I thought uh, by giving priority to SOS Crédit Mo, I could actually I have the chance and I have the opportunity to to make it extremely 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 difficult for anyone to actually even consider doing something like this. So this particular idea, you saw that it was scalable mm -hmm. in the sense that you're an intermediary mm -hmm. between a person who wants a mortgage yeah. and the bank, mm -hmm. and you act on the behalf of the customer to mm -hmm. help them get the loan. Exactly. And you saw that there was opportunities to increase your product offering. Mm -hmm. So you could upsell in a sense your customers and you found that there were barriers to entry it was a defensible market defensible exactly i can imagine that part of the fact that it's defensible is these relationships that you have with the banks it's something not easy for someone to get this is one of them and then you have a head start with the i'd say the digitalization of the entire business i mean like this requires a lot of investment and a lot of technology behind like uh, hours and days and uh, i'll tell you something i start off my day at 5 a.m this is not a barrier to entry but whoever would be considering doing something like me like i encourage them honestly like uh, I, l I like to see new competitors honestly i like it but they better start at 4 a.m that's all <laughs> i have to say because we have a head start and we've been working extremely hard to build our algorithms and to build them. Like the website as you see it today is extremely simple from a front end. And then we have tools that we have developed that will that allow us to provide the best advisory services in the shortest amount of time. So whatever your mortgage needs are, complicated as they may be, we can provide you with a recommendation within less than five minutes. Right now, we're actually working on the website for the first time to like put together, like put online a real, real serious website. So it's going to be like uh, something that's even in terms of like websites developments in Morocco is going to be like revolutionary. It's going to be a one time, like the f a first time thing, so, something that people haven't seen yet ever in Morocco. So you, you mentioned barriers to entry and, and earlier you mentioned fundraising. Yes. What was that experience like, fundraising to get the money and the capital that you needed to build this business? It was extremely difficult. Today, I think it's uh, definitely easier, especially with the launch of the Innov Invest program, which is a state-backed uh, 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 program. 
funded in part by the World Bank and other institutional international investors. So basically, uh, they've put a bid, they've identified venture capital and investment fund management companies who had the ability and the track record to, to raise funds even more and be able to identify startups in technology and innovation and actually boost up the startup ecosystem. And it's actually happening and it's working. And uh, anyone with a startup idea right now that they consider innovative, like today is the perfect timing because the, the ecosystem is like ready. Everyone is willing to sit down with you and listen to your business opportunities, mechanisms and processes are, are already put in place. They've already gotten experience in investing in startups. And honestly, like this is the best timing in Morocco for startups in uh, innovation and tech. Like I'm so happy for people who are considering a startup for the first time because I went through hell for the past seven years raising funds for innovative ideas. And uh, I had to deal with angel investors and angel investors in Morocco before Innova Invest, but angel investors, they uh, like they invest in real estate. They invest in uh, agriculture, they invest in coffee shops and restaurants, all day long you will easily find someone to partner up with you and uh, help you build this residential complex that you where you would actually sell the units and split the profits old ideas yes established ideas. established ideas exactly especially in real estate you'll find millions of angel investors everyone understands the business but it's harder to find people who will fund new ideas how many times were you told no 129 times. 129 times. Yes. That's a lot of rejection. Yes. But what I, what yeah. kept you going? Many things. The first thing is I was re I have a Kindle. I read a lot in like the VC world, the startup world, blah blah blah. That people who've raised, I'd say like many people who've raised have pitched over 140 investors to actually get a VC to to back them up. And keep in mind, raising from Morocco is even more difficult than these people we read about in the books because they're raising in Europe and in the US. The first VC, I'd say, I pitched in Morocco, I got backed up. But because they're extremely sensitive to innovation, they're extremely sensitive to tech, uh, they're based in Washington DC, they know the trends worldwide, they've invested in fintech before, they're all over the world, so it was like a no-brainer for them. So they saw the track record, they evaluated the opportunity, they saw our performance for the past two years and a half, and they're like, bingo, it's a go. Um, but before, so before they actually arrived, I was pitching, you know, angel investors, institutional funds, but that were not actually adapted to, let's say, startups, and definitely not in fintech and whatnot. And that was the extremely hard part. And out of, out of the 129, I was also pitching uh, in VCs abroad. And these VCs, either they were saying it was too pre-seed for them or it was too seed for them. They're actually uh, participating in like Series A, Series B, Series C rounds. Or they say Morocco is not in the scope. Okay. And th this was actually one of the main reasons because uh, many VCs are they have like a geographical scope. So either they're investing in France or they're investing in Europe or uh, the, 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 my industry was not in their scope. So they were in healthcare or whatnot. So I was like, but I was pitching everyone because uh, 
I was running out of uh, money, obviously, as any startup, and I knew that I had like a few months to go. So, yeah. So now that you had this new funding, mm-hmm. what is the outlook? How much runway do you have now, and and when do you need to be cash flow positive? Uh, within a year. Okay. Within a year. You you expect to meet that goal? Yeah. 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 We're gonna do our utmost best. This I can guarantee, and you will see it. Good enough for me. Tell us a little bit about the value proposition that you offer. Tell our listeners why they should use SOS Credit Emo to get a loan. If you go online today on Google, you'll pretty much find like one or two or eventually three types of mortgage simulators. In our new website that we're going to be launching in a in like uh, within like the next three weeks, there is probably going to be approximately 50 simulators, but displayed in a extremely user-friendly, and we walk you through the steps. Okay, we hold your hand and we're explaining everything step by step, in full transparency, and providing you with all the information you need without overwhelming you with content and information. You'll be able to calculate anything under the sun mortgage-related. Absolutely anything you can think of. And do I ever need to go to a bank? No, because we're we're the best partners for the banks. We help them by bringing a lot of new business. Banks who uh, before us were reaching, let's say, two, three billion Ds in in, uh, uh, newly originated uh, mortgages every year. Uh, We can actually contribute to like, uh, let's say, 10, 15, 20, 30% increase in uh, new business. Okay, so this is number one. Number two, this new business, like in terms of work, it doesn't cost much for them because we actually process all the data for them and we bring them all the math, everything is super neat, all the documents are ready, so they're easier mortgages to close than the ones they're actually, they need to physically work on at their branches and agencies. Number three, we're partners with many banks, so we can actually, we can get you the best mortgage for you, given your financial profile and given your needs and restrictions in terms of what you're trying to acquire. So we take into account a lot of criteria to be able to set out the recommendation. The recommendation comes straight from our algorithm. So there is no margin for human error, none whatsoever. So as soon as you speak to us over the phone, even now, so our website today is being remodeled. We're releasing a more complete website, but the algorithm even today is available. If you call us, within five minutes, the system generates a recommendation and it tells you, okay, so we've analyzed all the de- data entered based on, our, on your conversation with our mortgage, with the, the mortgage advisor you spoke to. This is the most optimal financing strategy. So you're actually going to finance your mortgage through this bank without actually naming the bank in the recommendation, but we have an offer that's meets your criteria. So you're going to finance at this rate 
and this is the duration of the loan and you're going to be paying so much and this is how much it's going to cost this is how much you'd be saving if you're refinancing and you're planning to do this with your wife she has a completely different case and we analyze absolutely everything for you and give you the best recommendation out there so we actually save you so much time this happens over five minutes so you help me with the process of, of the application we take care of everything you help me get and understand what documents i need to provide yes you have relationships with the banks so you get me the best rate that's available for me we process the paperwork for you so you can actually get a mortgage from the comfort of your own home so you're providing a great customer experience yeah. how much are you going to charge me for all of this nothing it's absolutely free and this is one of the reasons why it's disruptive. People in Morocco are not used to a free service. This is probably one of the first free services out there. Completely free, no hidden fees, no hidden charges. We are paid by all our partner banks at the same rates. It's a percentage on your loan. Whoever makes the best offer for you this is the offer you'll get and we'll charge them that rate but it will not affect your terms and conditions whatsoever what is the main obstacle to convincing people that they should use your website to get a loan actually none people had uh, like some people obviously they're a bit wary about uh, anything that's free but uh, as soon as they get the recommendation by email 100% uh, of the time they get the recommendation before the mortgage advisor hangs up the call so as soon as they see it with their eyes I mean like compare this with any service you get elsewhere like where else would you get a recommendation in five minutes an analysis of your borrowing capacity an analysis of all your income uh, you know like uh, the best financing strategy laid out extremely clearly uh, with all the numbers black and white in less than five minutes. I mean, you can't get this anywhere in Morocco. This episode is brought to you by Click Apporter. ClickApporter.com is a groundbreaking online shopping platform that allows individuals and businesses in Morocco to purchase goods online from a wide range of international marketplaces and pay in dirhams. You can pay by credit card, certified check, wire transfer, and soon, cash plus. Click Apporter manages the entire process, clears customs, and delivers right to your door. Their prices are transparent and clearly communicated at the time of checkout. They have a no surprises policy, which means you pay what you agreed to pay, even if customs or shipping charges are higher than expected. Can you see how exciting this is? You can use the Click Apporter app shop on Amazon in Spain or France, order what you want, and pay in dirhams. You don't worry about the dwan, it just shows up at your door. Click Apporter. You want it, we get it. Now back to the show. You mentioned Sharia compliance. So mm -hmm. within Islam there are rules about loans. Yeah. Does getting a home loan or a business conflict with Islam? No, basically Sharia compliance mortgages, it goes way back. It's Sharia compliance business, let's say. So that's what it starts with. Basically the principles behind two people actually agreeing to anything. 
So what it says in principle, and I've done a lot of research, basically when someone sells something to someone, they need to support a risk, okay? Mm -hmm. And this is number one, they need to support the risk. So Sharia compliant mortgages, the bank needs to actually go purchase the house first before selling it to you. In the meantime, the, the client can change his mind. That's where actually the bank is definitely making a profit margin, but they, they need to assume a risk and they're assuming it. So this is the first way is Sharia compliant. The second way is that when two people do business in Sharia compliant best practices, the price of that sale should never change. So there should be no hidden fees, there should be no additional costs, regardless of what happens in the future. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of our listeners may have thought that it, it was not okay to get a loan in this way. Yeah. Some of our other listeners may be thinking, I'd like to have a loan. Mm -hmm. What are the most important things about a loan application? What are some things that people can do to, to improve their chances of getting approved? Going through us. Because I see a lot of mistakes by people who actually try and go through it by themselves. Number one, they do not have the tools, the software, the simulators to, to be able to generate the data they need to make the right decision and uh, pursue the most appropriate financing strategy for them. So handling it on your own, I'm sorry, but you're not qualified. Okay, so especially if you're refinancing, for example, and you don't know the rates across the entire markets. So you don't know what terms and conditions are proposed by every single different bank in the markets. And you'd be wasting a lot of try time trying to do all this work that we're actually offering you for free, number one, and we're saving you a lot of time. And even from an eco-friendly perspective, you know how much gas you're going to be spending driving back and forth to banks all day long and all week long and going after paperwork and submitting stuff. We're actually saving you all this time and hassle. So the best way I think today is to go through us. And in terms of the actual elements of the application, is it better to have a job, the same job for a long time? Or is it better to show that I move up and I get promoted and what type of income do I need to have for a certain kind of loan? This is a very good question. So basically what a lot of people don't know, what I didn't even know when I, when I uh, came back to Morocco is that you can actually get 100% financing if you have a full-time job for more than six months only. If you have a full-time job for more than six months, you can actually get 100% financing. Even better, you can get 105, 106% financing, which will allow you to finance even the notary fees. Okay? So this is for people who have full-time jobs. If you're running your own company, you need two years of income statements. You need two years, which, is, which makes sense. I mean, like, if it's a startup, you need to be able to comfort the bank that your, your business is actually, you know, like producing income, not necessarily a, an impressive uh, net income or earnings before income tax, but at least that you are generating like something consistent in terms of revenues. So they have a formula that they apply. They actually take your 
uh, overall revenues and then uh, divide them by 12 uh, to get your monthly revenues and they apply a ratio of actually 20 to 25%, sometimes 30%. So they only take like a third of what your company revenues are divided by 12 to actually determine your monthly revenues. As a shareholder, at 100% of your company, if you only have a stake in it, so they obviously apply the percentage that you own in the company. But So they need two years of income statements and you'd obviously need to put something up front. You cannot get 100%. So you, it's a, it starts off at a minimum of 10% up front. So if you're buying a flat for 1 million, you need to up front 100K. And you're talking about small business this owners. This is for small or business company owners. Same applies to all business owners. All business owners. And people who have like a profession liberal, doctors, dentists, etc. They're also considered like business owners. Okay, great. One of the last things I'd like to ask you is to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a business owner. What keeps you up at night? What is one of your greatest challenges? Okay, so uh, number one, the challenges. I think one of the, my biggest challenges right now is uh, reaching equilibrium between family and work. Because, uh, you know, this is uh, year three for me and this uh, in my new startup. I have like uh, uh, great ambitions for it in the future but it involves a lot of work, a lot of work. So that means uh, I actually get home uh, super late. 9.30 is extremely late when you have a family. So, uh, so yeah, I have a wife and two children and that's extremely late because it's like half an hour away from my kids actually going to sleep. So I don't, uh, I don't actually get uh, the, the pleasure of spending too much time uh, with them before they go back to sleep. If I'm lucky, I'm there by 8, 8.30, so this is extremely challenging. Uh, and, I, and I leave my house at like 5 a.m., so, so that's nighttime still, and uh, I don't get to see them in the morning. The only day I, I force myself to religiously be available most of the day and spend hours with them is on Sunday. But honestly, I don't think that's enough, you know? So obviously my ambition is to, 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 to be able to build something great uh, that they be proud of and uh, offer them the best future uh, possible. But it's extremely challenging because in my ladder of values, family comes first when actually right now I'm spending most of the time uh, at work so that's that's I think that's my major challenge right now that's the only difficult part of, of it right now before it was the funding that was the most difficult part of it but right now it's it's definitely I need to I have a lot of commitments to respect with my investors I have extremely high targets to meet uh, they have uh, placed a huge huge confidence in me uh, the entire team, being be it uh, the local team or the or the team in the in Washington D.C., which I had the pleasure to speak to on a couple of occasions, a lot of pressure, and uh, I've had a couple of partners, uh, like investors before, and as they know, as my current investors know, I've always, always forced myself to like meet my expectations with my partners, and you know this is my name, this is my honor. 
and uh, if I say I'm gonna do this, e even if I cannot meet all my targets, uh, I need to almost kill myself uh, trying to meet them. That's not the answer that I was expecting you to give, but I completely agree with it, and it's a great answer. I think it's it's an answer that a lot of founders share, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of empathy for you mm -hmm. in your situation, the struggle between family and, and focus on the business. We want to thank you very much for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. Thank and you. Maybe in a few months we'll, we'll sit down again and get an update on, on how the business is going. My pleasure. My pleasure. You're always welcome. Thank you, Bashir. Thank you. You've been listening to the Business in Morocco podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk, here with my co-host, Ryan Maimon. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download our entire library of podcasts on our website, moroccopodcast.com, where you'll also find extra resources related to each episode in the show notes, including a transcript of the show. If you've got a question or topic you think we should cover on the podcast, fill out the form on moroccopodcast.com or email us at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Our theme music is Lovely Day by Bill Withers, used under Creative Commons, and we hope you'll have a lovely day doing business in Morocco. We'll see you next time. Day.